Hey everybody, welcome to the Begging Broadcast, episode number 235. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the books that we are looking forward to coming out November 5th, 2014. And we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. Uh, this week we are bringing you our monthly look back. We're going to be taking a look back at some of the comic books that came out during the month of October. But there were so many books that we picked up. This is actually going to be part one of our October look back. We're going to be talking about the DC side of things. We're going to be looking at Arkham Manor number one, Batgirl number 35, Deathstroke number one, Gotham Academy number one, Clarion number one, and Lobo number one. Half those books are bat title books. <laughs> right? Uh, yep. But, you know, that's half of DC's books. You know, it's uh, 50 to 60% uh, Bat Family, 30% Green Lantern, and everything else. <laughs> hey, that's what sells. That's what uh, keeps us going back for more. I guess so. Uh, what keeps me going back to for more is uh, the beer. It keeps me going back to the fridge to pull out more beer and hopefully better beer. Uh, that's not true, Paul, because we went to the cellar and we pulled out our 2012 bottles. Yeah, 2012 it keeps me coming back for beer. Um, and the no. first <laughs> no, uh, we picked up a imperial pint from the People's Pint. Um, this is their 2012 bottle, and um, did not age well at all. It was supposed to be an imperial stout. And it might have been at one point in time, but this became a sour with a teriyaki finish. Yeah. Um, now, John, isn't the People's Pint, like, isn't that the one that we had the year before? Yes. For, like, Halloween, and we're like, oh, this isn't good? We we had two, we got two bottles of it. So we said, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't as teriyaki. It just wasn't that great of a stout. Um, and then just, it got worse. <laughs> it just got worse. Yeah. And I figured, let's, let's clear some stuff out. Yep. So, uh, yeah, not that great. Yep, not that great. Well, I'm drinking something that's pretty good, and this is um, the Thistley Cross Cider. Hmm. Uh, it's been aged in a, a whiskey cask. And Ooh. this is from, what's it called? The Thistley Cross Cider Shed. Huh. Um, and this is a premium Scottish cider. I can't talk today. Wow. I'm all stuffed up. Sorry. Um, and it's a small batch cider made with Scottish apples. And when I first uh, took a sip of it, I was like, oh, this is a cider. It's good, but there's nothing really stand out about it. But now that it's had a chance to open up, I definitely get a little bit more of the whiskey taste on it. Nice. And some of that just be, could be because I'm stuffed up that I didn't get it before. But this is actually very pleasant. It's is not like an overpowering whiskey. It's a nice cider, but then you get that like nice little whiskey burn on the back. Is that the one uh, I gave you for your birthday? It was, so hey, thank you for that. You're welcome. I'm glad it's it's decent. Yeah, it's pretty good. Nice. You know what else is nice? Uh, all that's, that's usually where you drop in. All that movie news from Marvel. Oh, so much movie news. Uh, they announced uh, new release dates. Remember, they gave us a list of, hey, these are what we're going to be filling in, boys, later on. They dropped us a you know, note. They sent it to our email account, you know, contact at bedroombordcast.com. Actually, that's a lie. They had it during an earnings call. Uh but they did come out, and Chris, you posted this to our Facebook page. Yeah, uh, this is something we talked about last week with the release of the 
new Avengers Age of Ultron trailer that they also had a press event scheduled, so we were like, oh, they're probably going to make some announcements. And boy, did they ever. Um, not only did they fill in those dates that they gave us before, but they also announced a bunch of new dates, and we get some sequels, and we also get some new movies to fill this out, too. Um, pretty exciting. Uh, the internet was pretty much blowing up with this, and I think people are still pretty excited, um, because we now have the official Phase 3 lineup. So starting May 6th in 2016, we will have Captain America Civil War. Is it Civil War or is it Serpent Society? It It's Civil War. They released the Serpent Society. Like, subtitle is just like a little, uh, like, misdirection because everyone was already talking about it being Civil War. Oh, okay. And Kevin Feige had mentioned Civil War with Captain America. Okay. Uh, that's what, that's, because I, I, I remember seeing the press, like, picture, you know, of the, the thing going on, and I'm like, wait, Serpent Society? Civil War? Well, if, um, you can actually watch the entire event online over yeah. at marvel.com. And yeah. at towards the end, he's like, you know what? I'm not feeling good about that Captain America title. Can we change that? And then, like, it comes up on the screen and it says Captain America, and then, like, Civil War kind of fades uh, in behind it. Oh, okay. Um, but something else that's going to be fading in is uh, November 4th, Doctor Strange, the long-rumored and anticipated title. Rumored heavily now that Benedict Cumberbatch will be playing the lead role, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah which I'm surprised uh, that they didn't have more word about this since this is like the second movie coming out of Phase Three. Mm-hmm. Well, they broke they broke this news like the day before all the movies. What do you mean by all the movies? They broke the. Benedict Cumberbunch is uh, going to be Doctor Strange the day before they released everything about the movies. Ah, uh, so maybe just people But that's are not officially announced, though. Like, this is all just like, no, he's in talks, like, he's going to do it. But Marvel hasn't officially mm-hmm. even said yet. Alright, and then uh, we got a move up with, uh, on 5-5-17. Hey, 5-5, that's a great day. Uh, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 2. It's just... No, no cool uh, uh, subtitle there. Just Guardians of the Galaxy two. And then, yeah, that was originally supposed to be the uh, July twenty eighth release. Yeah, which is now going to be. It looks like Thor got pushed back to Thor Ragnarok. Gotta, gotta have that. You know, well, <laughs> gotta have push, that. Anyway. Gotta have Ragnarok pushed back a little bit here. We we got to make our money first before we end everything. So let's push that back. Well, what's exciting is while Thor might be ending we're going to be getting a new beginning because november 3rd we're going to be getting black panther in 2017 yeah a character that uh i think john and chris you were both expecting to be in this lineup that uh, it was exactly picked for uh november 3rd nice and then uh well I, the other exciting thing about black panther is you will see him before this movie appearing in captain america civil war Oh, good. And he he will be actually there in costume. You're not just going to have rumors of Black Panther or people talking about him in the background. Like you will see him. To Chala. Uh, I'm excited to see who they pick for Captain Marvel, and if it isn't Katie Sockoff, I don't know who they're picking. I don't know, <laughs> but it is like five years from now, now or four years from now on uh, July 6, 2018. Like, come on. They'll start Galactica, Starbuck. And she's been teasing this for a while, too. That'd be cool. 
even like um, teasing like kind of pictures of a costume that looks like the Captain Marvel thing. That'd be cool. Yeah. Who else would you pick? I don't know. I don't know, but again, it's it's four years from now. Four years from now. Yeah. It's I and mean, Battlestar Galactica ended like five years ago, so. Yeah. It's, it's pretty far out, mm-hmm. so you got you got a little time there. to wait. Mm-hmm. Much like you'll be waiting for the uh, next Avengers movie, which is Infinity War Part One. Well, you skipped uh, Inhumans. What, did you do that on purpose, or? Um, well, well, no, because Infinity War is uh, May Fourth, twenty eighteen. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you jumped ahead with Captain Marvel there. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm reading your list that you posted on the Facebook. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, that's just that's just from how they had it all. Mm-hmm. Like when they announced the titles, like uh, Infinity War was the last one that they put up. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sorry. No, it's it's okay because uh, in the actual scope of things, like you'll be seeing the Avengers movie a couple months before Captain Marvel. So who knows? She could even pop up in that. Mm-hmm. That could be her origin piece almost. Yeah. No, definitely. Then, uh, then the you know why I was distracted by the Terragon Miss being unleashed. You know because. You got to have that tarragon mist to uh, kind of make us forget that Marvel has X Men, <laughs> <laughs> and, and with, as they slowly replace them with Inhumans, you know, Both. which is kind of exciting. On um, in comics, you know, you might even be able to get Miss Marvel out of this because we'll already have Captain Marvel, and if you have uh, Kamala Khan mm-hmm. as one of the Inhumans, because they are talking about Inhumans being their next. Like franchise on its own because there's so many characters and there's so much stuff that you can do with it. Mm-hmm. We might possibly get you know a, a fun little Miss Marvel story. Yeah, follow her through. Yeah, becoming being an incorporated human, into yeah. the into the fold and Black Bolt. Because as much as everybody wants to see Black Bolt on screen, I don't know how well he's going to read on screen. I mean, he's very stoic, yes, but he's a character that can't say anything. Groot. Yeah, people loved him. But he was saying Groot. He was saying I am Groot. And people Groot. were interpreting him yeah. when he said, I am Groot. Yeah, but there's, he's going to do looks, and uh, Medusa is going to interpret his looks. Yeah. you know, they, they could make it work. I'm, you know, no, I, I, I think they can, but I think it, yeah, it, it'd I don't be interested in it. It'd be difficult. They need to definitely do it right, in right. a right way. He's a side character. Yeah. Even though he's the main, yeah. well, he's the force of nature. He's when he comes out, it's things are about to happen. It's it's not that he's carrying the emotional weight of the scene. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Avengers: Infinity War Part Two. Far, far away. Yeah, in the year after Part One, and you know, no movies in between announced. You know, kind of crazy. Uh, you know, between uh, from they got five months wait there. It's kind of yeah. Crazy. You know, I mean, well, that's not, not they that have crazy. enough other stuff to do. Yeah, you know, it's what are they doing? You know, waiting around for five months, even though Captain America to Doctor Strange is a six month wait, and then another six months in between that and Guardians. But then it's quick. Well. I took the uh, liberty to actually compile a list of all of the comic book movies coming out. So while it might be a little bit of a lull between Marvel movies, there's no shortage of other stuff coming out. Um, would you mind if I could go over that now? No, go for it, bud. I th- okay, yeah, because this is starting off in 2015 with um, Avengers Age of Ultron coming out in May, 
And then two months later, we're going to be getting Ant-Man also from Marvel. And then the month after that, Paul, we're going to get your most anticipated one, Fantastic Four. Yeah, August 7th, right? Yep. 8-7. What a great day. Are you counting uh, the upcoming release in 2015 of Popeye from Sony? Oh, uh, what, what? Popeye? Popeye. Oh, no. I was actually only looking at, like, comic book superhero stuff. Okay. Um, but then in 2016, uh, February 12th, we'll be getting Deadpool. Then a month later, we'll be getting Batman vs. Superman. And then two months later, we'll have Captain America Civil War. And then later that month, we'll be getting X-Men Apocalypse. Three months later, we'll be getting Suicide Squad, which I accidentally wrote down as Suicide Squid. Oh, that would be even better. It's this, which is awesome. It's already emo because it already has black ink. Ooh. Oh. And then three months later, we'll be getting Doctor Strange. And then in the same month, November of 2016, we'll be getting Sinister Six. That's right, people. Get your 2016 Bagged and Boardcast summer movie <laughs> blockbuster bracket buster bracket going. This this will be a this will be a big this is probably the best <laughs> summer for us. Now I will say, um, with that sinister six date, you know this is all projected and mm-hmm. nothing is written in stone because who knows if anything's going to be changing or going away. Also, in Especially, 2016, you have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two, which I just saw the first one the other day. I went to the cheap theater and it was it was okay. Hmm. I didn't hate it. So then, then uh, that's great. 2017. 2017. Uh, starting in March, we'll have Wolverine three. Mm-hmm. Then two months later, we'll have Guardians two. Then in the month of June, we'll be getting Wonder Woman from over at DC. Then in July, on the 14th, yeah, the much much anticipated, oh, so anticipated, Fantastic Four two, of course. Because, you know, the first one. I don't understand why they don't make that just an August 8th release, because, you know, it's double 8-8. Eight, eight. It's double 4. I, I was four, surprised they you know? didn't just I, push it back that day, too. Like, mm-hmm. That was wild. Like, what? Why not? Just make But then also in that month, we'll get the probably much more anticipated Thor Ragnarok. Then a couple months later, we'll have Black Panther. Also that same month, we'll be getting Justice League. Yep. So two weeks later. For Thanksgiving. Nothing makes me more thankful than superhero movies. How about a Lego and superhero movie matchup together, like combined in some sort you know, of like I, Lego I didn't put those way. onto my list because I. Either, well, there isn't a date. I don't have the draw. Completely, uh, completely announced yet for the Lego Batman movie. They just said 2017 Lego Batman. Yeah. Are you going to keep going to 2020? I'm going to keep going. I don't know if you have more. No, no, no. It's exciting list reading. It's fun. Go. Why, thank you. Because then in um, March of 2018, we have The Flash. And we'll also have um, Avengers coming out in May. Then two months later, Captain Marvel. And in the same month, Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Then in November, we'll have Inhumans. And also at some point during 2018, Amazing Spider-Man 3. Uh, that does not have any tenuous release date yet, but it probably will. And then in 2019, in April, we'll be getting Shazam. Later on in May, we'll have Avengers Infinity War Part 2. And then a month later, we'll be getting Justice League 2. Hmm. And then you have to wait another year before your next one, which will be getting uh, Cyborg and Green Lantern in 2020. 
and uh, crazy. Know, a lot of superhero movies. Lots, lots and lots of. Remember when we were just always sitting around anticipating them to make these movies, and it was uh-huh. like a month before we would find out that like something was coming out, and then we'd try to find clips, and we'd do all that internet stuff. Yeah, and we now we'd be and, like, guys, guys. Don't roll for your uh, re-roll yet for your uh, probability control on the hero clicks. Let's go and look up the clip that just got posted uh, for Daredevil. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That happened. That happened. We watched a lot of those clips, and we were really excited about Daredevil. Yeah, we were. Yeah. Now, we, now we have like five years down the road. Just be like, yeah, we got all these movies. Kevin Smith says this is his best acting that he's ever seen. Yeah, because he chewed gum the whole time. From, no, no, from. Uh, oh, why can't I think of his name? Not Matt Damon. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Ah, <laughs> uh, beer. Beer. You guys um, should play buy old video games and play them like me. Star Wars, <laughs> X-wing, Star Wars, Tie Fighter, finally re-released. You can download it from uh, Good Old Games for ten bucks a piece. You know Star Wars. They also are offering Seven Max at the Road and Secret of Monkey Island, which has been available. But one of the first the first times I've seen it, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, the old action oh. game, old uh, point and click adventure game. Yeah, it's fun. I How never played it. Uh, about ten bucks a piece. The Indiana Jones game is six dollars. Hmm. So uh, the Star Wars. X-Wing and TIE Fighter edition, special editions, they come with both the 1993 version and also the 1998 version. So the original diskette version, basically, and the CD-ROM re-release. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, so get a dust off your old uh, joystick and head out into space Star Wars style. They're still fun. I've been playing them again. Nice. I'm uh, still just stuck on playing Diablo 3. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Should play it. I didn't even pick up the new Borderlands yet, and I was looking forward to that one. The pre sequel? Yeah. Came out like two weeks ago, I saw him pick it up. It's going to be just an awful time for money and bank account because that's. So much stuff is coming out. There's Civilization Beyond Earth just came out. Uh, next This month, we're going to get the Batman Arkham Knight, right? Or did that get pushed back yet again? That I don't know. Yeah. But I did, um, not something really for the Weekend Geek, but did you see Xbox announce a price drop? Yeah, 349 up until January 3rd, uh, yeah, bundled with a game. Yeah, there's like two or three different bundles, each one mm-hmm. coming with a different game. Uh, yeah, so a, fix, a 50, uh, 50 buck price drop, basically. So on across all their bundles. Uh, if you want to get it bundled with a Connect, you know, it'll be, it'll still be. I think four forty nine with a game. So it's still not bad. I'm looking at that Sunset uh, Overdrive one because that looks really fun. Is that the white Xbox? Yeah, one? that's the white one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that game just looks like it's a lot of fun. So yeah, I- I'm waiting on everybody else to buy pick the console <laughs> of choice, so that way I know which one I can buy and then you know play Evolve with you. Evolve. You know, also, let's wait and see for for Christmas. Maybe uh, me and the lady can pool our money because we use the Xbox every night for like uh, Netflix or Hulu and stuff. So oh. if we can nice. get something better, why not? Uh, Always Sunny 
season nine just came out for uh, Netflix. Oh, did it? Yeah. You know what I'm doing tonight. There you go. Uh, some other news. Uh, Scott Snyder has said that uh, Batman Eternal will do a second year, and uh, I'm pretty happy about that. I've been enjoying the series. We're, did we hit issue 30 yet for that? I think so. 31, I think, it's coming out this week. All right. So, I mean, we're halfway, a little more than halfway through it. Um, it's crazy. It doesn't seem like it's been coming out for that long. Oh, but I know. I guess when it's a weekly book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely into season uh, or series two of Batman Eternal. Another fifty two. I'm I'm down for it. Yeah, especially if they keep the same creative team or even at least the same uh, level of quality up. Oh yeah, definitely. I I've enjoyed the series. I, I, you know, every week I'm always down for reading it. I'm looking forward to them. They just keep continuing on with these characters, and it's it's been really good. I agree. Uh, but what are you planning on picking up this week, Chris? Well, I'm planning on picking up a comic book this week, September 17th, 2014, and that comic book is from Marvel, and it's Amazing Spider-Man number 9. Written by Dan Slott with art by Olivier Copiel. Uh, this is the actual kickoff for the Spider-Verse crossover, or mini-event, whatever you want to call it. I really enjoyed the one-shot issues that we picked up. It was part of the Edge of the Spider-Verse series. Uh, so, you know what, they got my attention with those. So I'll definitely be checking out the first part of this to see if the actual story itself will keep that quality. Uh, I will agree. Those, those issues that you picked up um, definitely did it for me. I was really interested in what was going on, especially with the fourth one where Spider-Ham and that other Spider-Man show up. And yeah, that I was, was a lot of fun. I was just like, oh yeah, this, all right, this sounds like a lot of fun. And I liked uh, like the spider palling around with like that uh, world's like Daredevil too. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. I've enjoyed the Daredevil that has appeared in the two books that I read, even though it was different, very different versions of them. Well, Paul, what about you? Uh, this is a book that we'll be talking about in our next segment, uh, or look back. Uh, this is Gotham Academy, issue number two, uh, art by Carl Kershaw, and written by Brendan Fletcher and Becky Cloonan. So uh, this is the most Disney escapade journey into, you know, House of Mystery, or what was the, what was the one? The, the Secrets of the Weird. Secrets of the Weird, uh, like based in a... Uh, <coughs> Gotham kind of prep school, so uh, it was a lot of fun. So I'm interested in picking up issue two. I'm glad that you'll be picking it up because I wouldn't mind reading number two because mm-hmm. I liked number one, but I wasn't sure where yeah where I, number I one's going. So it's like, oh yeah, we'll we'll, we'll definitely up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John, did you already say uh, what you're no, picking I didn't. up during the day, man? No, nah! uh, from Boom Studios. The long-awaited issue number five of uh, Dayman. Um, book's been going on for over a year. A um, lot of time in between issues, but I'm always happy to see when it, one's coming out. It's going to be uh, kind of everything is really coming to a head with um, the two vampire fra- fractions, and we're going to see what, hopefully what happens. Hopefully it'll wrap up. Um, I thought this series was going to be an ongoing series but it's been like over a year and i've gotten five issues 
I'm still enjoy it. Um, I'm looking forward to when this wraps up and I can go back and reread the whole thing every issue right in a row instead of waiting months between it. But uh, I've liked it. Art's been great. I don't have anything bad to say about it. Yeah, I really liked number one. And it was one of those books that I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm looking forward to reading more of this. And it just came out so sporadically that it was kind of hard to to keep track of. But, yeah, you know what? When that trade comes out, it's definitely something I'd be uh, interested in picking up. Yeah. Or, you know, reading for a uh, trading policy, probably. Yeah, that w- I think I have them all, except for number one. They're all digital. <laughs> They're all digital. Because it spanned the time when I was picking up uh, physical copies. So, yeah. Nice. Paul, you know what I'm looking forward to? Uh, no, but I'll leave it to you. A dramatic reading. Oh! And now, a dramatic reading from Batgirl number 35, page 17, panel 1. Oh, glorious! Hashtag angel from heaven, come to sing... Dance and show me a little of her something, something. Take it all off, and my pound sign kingdom will be yours. I have evidence you've illegally obtained private data. Black, I'll give you one chance to hand it over or delete it. You're not untouchable. That was a dramatic reading from Batgirl number 35. Page 17, panel 1. Uh, it just makes me think of what Paul's like wedding night sounded like. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Because I accused my wife of having data that she needed to delete. No, she was... That she, she was illegally? She was, she was saying that to you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if... If you want to see the panel that Paul so eloquently brought to life, uh, make sure you check that out over on the show notes for episode 235. Uh, after this episode gets posted, you can read the panel and see our picks for the list as well. And if you want to see picks of from my wedding night, <laughs> you're being creepy. <laughs> just stop it. I'll say, just go to Paul's house. They're hanging up. <laughs> um, but before we get to the main topic, let's talk about uh, Paul. Paul and I are, have a new beer. Chris, do you have a, another beer? It's not a beer? new beer. It's nice. I, I will finish this one while you are talking, and then uh, we can head into mine. All right. Um, this is 2013's Unearthly. This is the Oak-Aged Imperial IP, IPA. Um, almost a 10% beer. Um, still reminiscent of what yeah. it was. And this is almost... A two-year-old bottle. We didn't. We weren't able to find any oak aged this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but this has still got that kind of like maltiness to it. Not overly hoppy, but you get a big splash of alcohol, like right in the back yeah. of your tongue after you've swallowed. And that's what I was like. I'm like, oh, what is that? And I'm like, is it still alcohol? It it is. It is kind of like it's it, it's vengeful. It's vindictive in a way. Because everything else is so kind of mellowed out. Very mellow. Very floral, too. Mm -hmm. Kind of a floral pop that goes right from your tongue to the roof of your mouth. It went from an Indian pale ale down to like a pale ale kind of flavor. Yeah. I'm not getting much of the oak, but I think that kind of gets lost in that lingering floral. Yeah. And then where it should be coming out is where it gets overpowered by that alcohol-backed 
yeah. like flow. Definitely. Um, not bad. No. Not bad at all. Uh, we have two more bottles of this in our cellar. Um, but yeah, so, I mean... It's not worth saving. Almost, yeah. But it's it's worth drinking. It's worth drinking. But and they're still not, drinkable now. Yeah. Um, they're kind of like... i oh. that's not like a knockout because it's really but good I, normally. I don't remember the unearthly oak age doing much more for me than the uh, unearthly, just regular, though. Like, I don't remember it having much of that oak on it that um, made me think, oh, wow, this is so much better than it the had, unearthly. It had... Um, it definitely has some different characteristics to it, uh, oak aged versus the normal one. And it was a little muted; it wasn't as hoppy. Mm-hmm. And you did have some different kind of richer, maltier flavors from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, I mean, it's still still drinkable. Yeah. Um, it's not like the the people's pint where we Ooh. poured it out. Yeah. This is something I definitely could finish, but I don't want to finish a whole bottle of this by myself. No, no. Um, and I think I have finished a couple bottles by myself of fresh uh yeah. oaked unearthly no that one, it's a special very beer drinkable to drink a 22 ounce or a 32 ounce brawler by yourself and <laughs> take a special kind of beer or a special kind of night yes <laughs> chris are you yes. bringing something special with that beer that you're drinking now well, I am drinking something special because this was given to me by my friend paul for my birthday hey a weeks ago. happy birthday hey thanks uh, this is Caldera's Ginger Beer. It is a malt beverage brewed with ginger and ginger added. And boy, do you know what you taste in this? I'm hoping it's ginger. You taste a lot of ginger. <laughs> oh, thank goodness, because <laughs> that would have been horrible. So I I love ginger, so I'm really enjoying this, but there's not a lot else to it. Like I oh. think it was something that they brewed with ginger, and then they're like, you know what, this, this needs more ginger. So then they added the ginger, and now... It's all ginger because there's really not a lot else to it. Um, it could just be my nose, like I said before. Because um, that ginger definitely stands out. And I'm not getting a lot of other notes. So if we do another beer in this episode, I might do like an old standby. Like I'll pop open a flower power or something that I know the mm-hmm. taste of to see if I'm getting like the proper taste for everything. But man, it's gingerific. Well, well, at least it's, I mean, it's delivering on what it's supposed to have. Yeah. Oh yeah, like it's it's ginger up the wazoo, which I like. It's a raging rhizome. That that is the thing that people say, Paul. Yeah. Uh, uh, what a rhizome! It's what like, you know. It's what a ginger. It's a root. It's like ginger. Okay, I just heard it's a rhizome. I was like, is he going a, Louisiana here? I don't. It's a raging rhizome. Okay. All right. Thank you. Oh. I just. <laughs> I was I didn't understand what you'd said. Ah, okay. I just heard like the you said the moment that people listen. Right on, right on. <laughs> Every yeah. episode has in a, a moment like this. You're not a strange dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Main topic. <laughs> Keep it going. Keep it going. Main topic. Well, where do we want to go first with this? Because we didn't really plan out which one we want to talk well, about. Let's. I mean, let's start let's, with the uh, the bat family. Let's everybody say their least favorite of these six, and that way we can get that out of the way first. Because I think everybody will agree. Probably our least favorite was Lobo, right? No, Clara and the Witch Boy. Yeah, that was my least favorite too. Oh, really? Yeah. 
All right, let's go clear in the witch boy, and I will try to defend it. I wasn't ready for that. I was going to have uh, Chris do his Batman books first. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I totally power-ranked you, and then That's all right. screwed you up. That's okay. Uh, Clearing the Witch Boy, written by Anne Nochetti. Uh, art by... Oh, can't remember. Chris, can you help me out? No? Maybe? No, I'm still trying to, like... I'm having a problem with my phone right now. Oh. I have to restart it. Load it up. All right. Well, we'll pause and get everybody ready and on the same page, literally. McCarthy is the person on art. I don't know for Trevor, Tra- Trevor McCarthy. Oh, there you go. Thank you, guys. Uh, Welcome. And this follows Clarion, who's sick of all the school rules at his mage witch school and his weird witchy dimension, and he decides to head on out and uh, strike it big on Earth. Because magic's awesome there. Yeah, because nobody knows how to do magic there like he does. He's got talent. Talent. He'll show them all. Show them all. And there's people and beings that seem interested in which way this uh, kind of devil-may-care kind of attitude character uh, is going to swing, if he's in it for good or evil or just for his own kicks. Uh, and they're kind of letting him, you know, pulling the uh, invisible strings to bring him to this mystery museum or the Moody Museum, right? I forgot the name of the something like area, that area. You know, the the kind of it's almost like a safe haven. Yeah, for yeah. wayward mages, wayward wizards, in fact, uh, where they all work hard, and you know, it's a kind of a commune inside of a city. You know, you work you work for mm-hmm. for your lodging. Yeah. And if you can read the sign, you know what's going on. And there seems to be two deities at work. Uh, this one that's karma-based and uh, maybe Beelzebub at the end? I don't know who was talking to him. No, that was the chef at the school. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's kind of this entity that's a little more into the magic, and then there's one that's more technological. Uh, yeah, that's that's trying to get these wayward teens to uh, succumb to uh, like technomancy, if, if that's a word. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and versus you know just all out magic. And uh, I don't know. I thought it was pretty fun. It wasn't you know anything that really knocked my socks off. But you know it's it's felt right in line with Gotham Academy and you know uh, like doing it. Dirtier, grittier Hogwarts, like a bad version of Hogwarts. Uh, I, I couldn't see that, but I don't know. I like the artwork in this a lot, but the rest of it just didn't pull me in at all. Like, it's nothing like the Clarion we've got before, which, you know, that's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just, it's a new 52. We have a new character based off the old one, but I just, I don't like him. I thought this Clarion was a little bit too with it for what was going on around him. Like when he's like in a, when he's fighting uh Rasp and he's like, Wait, is Rasp upset that I came here with this girl? Yeah, he it's shouldn't like he shouldn't have yeah. any clue about that. Yeah, yeah. I would I always felt like Claren was a little loof and he was in his own world and just uh that he well, wouldn't understand other people's motivations really. Well and, and also the whole thing with him like Hey, as soon as I get to this world, I'm going to help this kid, and now we're going to be friends. Like, I'm going to go see his band play. Like, mm-hmm. that's not 
the clarion that we've gotten before who's that agent of chaos you know mm-hmm. it's just it's out of character and i'm trying to read it as like no this is a different telling of the character but a lot of it just seems so forced in there it it the writing seemed very amateur you know like not it's something you'd expect more in one of those image one shots or dark horse or boom not that those guys put out poor stuff but those little tier smaller tier books that they you know they do publish Mm -hmm. the the writing i think was the weakest part of this the art though is very reminiscent of like jh williams iii the way he does his panel breakdowns trevor uh mccarthy yeah i i was really blown away by the art and that's really what made me keep going in it was how well the art looked in it yeah i like the art a lot and like you said it was like the panel layouts um I was also going to liken it to J.H. Williams because it's the page layouts are beautiful and like it's a more superhero based artwork than you get from J.H. Williams, like who's a little bit more like fine art. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I like the look of the book. There's just there was enough there, which kind of surprised me coming from uh, Anna Senti, who's done work on stuff that we've read before, like Catwoman and. Um, Oh, I'm blanking out on the name of it. Like Green Arrow and then uh, Katana, too. I find, you know, with the writing, I do find the structure of the place and the, you know, this idea of the mage kind of or the secret wizarding world, like within a city in this rundown kind of thing. That's all solid. And I understand where it does lose its luster a little bit is with the characters themselves, like having these, like, long-winded uh, you know, dialogues between the chef and the the uh, karma girl that I can't remember her name of characters. They, they seem a little flat. And, uh, yeah, Clarion does seem to be motivated by plot and not by character. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, that does seem a little weak there. <coughs> but other than that, I thought, you know, uh, and was it, it with, you know, uh, McCar- Trevor MacArthur able to set up a very interesting setting, and it seems like you know there's going to be interesting rules placed in it. And you know me, I love magic with rules, and you love the rules, deeply explained rules, <laughs> deeply explained rules. And you got this out of that? Yeah, there seems to be a lot of things that a lot of machinations at foot. <coughs> they were trying to get down into this one twenty-page comic book, and I'm like, okay, there's a depth, there's a breadth there that. Uh, that I think we, I can really enjoy getting into. Now, hypothetical, Paul. Mm-hmm. You're going to buy your books for the week. Right. Mm-hmm. Not, a big, not a big list. Not a huge list. You nope. got like one book, and you see number two is there. Do you buy number two of Claron? Yeah. You wouldn't. Would now, if it's a short week, yeah. If it's a small week, yeah. Would it, all right. Uh, I know you buy your books at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. If it's a short month, <laughs> sure. and you run by it. <laughs> yeah, if it's like... There and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll pick it up. I'm thinking I'll pick up number two. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I didn't hate this book. There just wasn't enough there to keep me like interested, <clears throat> like to pull me into it. I didn't. I didn't struggle through reading it, going like, why am I reading it? Why you know this is so bad? Yeah. But the thing that made really forced me to keep going through was the art in this. Yeah. I'm like, so what saved it for what? Why why didn't you guys have Lobo as your bottom of the list? 
Uh, well, Lobo number one, written by uh, Colin Bunn and art, oh, okay. art by uh, Riley Brown, um, focuses on the real main man, the real Lobo, uh, the one that we've gotten in the past, uh, not the real Lobo. Uh, this new Lobo, this the real Lobo is, uh, you know, uh, the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio character from uh, the Titanic. A little bit. <laughs> Um, but this is, uh, I'm so glad that Chris kind of agreed with me there well, <laughs> not just I like mean, shot it well, down. He, he paints a girl at one point. Yeah, so yeah, I can, yeah. I can see where you're coming. <laughs> like at. he's just kind of like, and he's a pretty boy, pretty boy. And he sleeps with her, but oh, this whole thing was just, like, the, the beginning was rough in this book. I will give you that. But once it gets into him actually bounty hunting, I think is where the the book finds its stride. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to set up a background of this character to let you know that it's not the Lobo of old. This is a completely different character, has no ties to the 90 fanboy Lobo. Mm -hmm. Um, But this newer guy who has definitely a past that's driven him to be a Lobo that he has burned out of his brain every so often until it grows back um, is someone who is a f- force to be reckoned with. There's a reason why he's one of the best bounty hunters there are. And um, that's what this story does. And it, it <clears throat> It's Lobo having to take out these other contract killers. Yeah, because like, everyone's coming after this mark that's on Earth. Yeah. And it See, and I thought, like, okay, this is a, it's a kind of a weak, you know, premise. Like, okay, your targets are these eight assassins. This guy's name is Gas. He's going to terraform the planet with high destructive, you know, like, okay, yeah. So he's Captain, so he's basically Captain Planet right now? Is that what his name is? That's a big jump to make. That's bigger than your Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> he's, he's finding this guy that's uh, that's gonna destroy the planet. He's he's uh, he's he's gonna pillage and plunder. You know, and he kind of. But what pig. else are you looking for know, for Lobo? A Lobo book? No, no, I want to pick up Lobo, a bounty I hunter. I, I want You're right. I want to pick him up. I want to pick it up. I, I just don't have any interest in, in this character or this kind of story where. And that's the story that it's going to tell, because that's the story it has to tell. But you love, like, plotting out things and being like, okay, let's roll it out. You a need heist. to take out these guys before this happens. But it's not a team coming together to do a heist. It's him alone just making meat-sickles out of things. and it, it, you it's, know, the, it's very Colin Bunn, though. Like, it's, the stake the isn't really... Like, I don't understand the stakes because we don't know who the mark is. And I'm like, okay last panel it's going to show us a mark and now i'm going to understand the stakes it doesn't give me that it's like okay he's going to kill these eight people that okay for eight issues now at page 20 that person's going to be dead is and the thing is with him coming in he just does it like there's no explanation of like how he's going to be doing it or anything like that it's just like uh, uh i don't kill dogs because Lobo's got to have rules. And it's like, really? Do they? I don't know. I don't. What's he's telling you that? I, he's yeah. telling you that because you don't you know, know why he's making up the rules. As he's you don't know anything about this yes. character. Yeah. 
Um, I didn't think this was... He, he's always sold it for me, too. It's like, this is me learning who the new Lobo mm-hmm. is. That Lobo's never a character that I cared about before. Like, I know we've had this new Lobo appear before, but it was in a book that I didn't read. I never liked the old one. Mm-hmm. Um, this and Deathstroke are kind of similar books. And for a character that I like, like Deathstroke, I kind of enjoyed Lobo a little bit more. See, I went with Deathstroke more. I, I enjoyed Deathstroke a little bit more, too. Well, because I was at a, such a low point with what Deathstroke was in the New 52, though, also. I, I think that is a little bit and to do like, with it. it's, like, a little bit better. Uh, it's it's the promise of a new character and, like, mm-hmm. that interest to see, like, who it is and where they go. I think that's what's selling me on Lobo a little bit more. Um, Deathstroke not listed as one of the top eight mercenary killers, assassins in the galaxy, though. Well, that's because he only works on Earth. Earth. Yeah, maybe. Local contractor. Uh, like, it's, I understand. Yeah. He's, it's not, the galaxy his, doesn't his, have to be afraid of just one dude that stays on a planet. Okay, I understand. That, you know, his international, his intergalactic <laughs> Yelp backwater. You gotta go kill this mark on this backwater planet that nobody wants to go to. His, his intergalactic Angie's list hasn't really hit. You know, I understand. He Local still says mostly I would die, but I would continue to read it. Um, well, I probably will not buy issue two. Yeah, and then I probably won't read. Yep. I just the character doesn't have any appeal for me, and even this new one, I'm like, nope, don't really care. Deathstroke, however, is a character that I've always enjoyed as a villain showing up because he's like, oh, shit's gonna get real. How are they going to deal with? How are you going to deal with Deathstroke showing up? That's what I've always enjoyed about Deathstroke. Is he's a problem to be solved. He's an obstacle that's. He's the a wall that you can't easily climb, kind of obstacle. And uh, here, whenever they try to give him his own book, I, 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 there's that fault because he's no longer the obstacle. He's the. He's the motivating part of yeah. the plot, you know. Um, I would I would agree with that. I did enjoy the book. Mm-hmm. Um, if this were like a one shot yeah. to kind of like let you know what's up with the character, I'd pr- I enjoy it. I think it sets up the series what this book is going to be mm-hmm. very well. But I don't think I'll be picking up issue two. And this is yeah. written and art by Tony Daniels. And I was gonna say, like, it's it's good for one person mm-hmm. doing everything on their own. Um, it's okay. It's just it's not completely sold to me. <laughs> the thing that I took out, I, of, oh, I like seeing Deathstroke in the way that Paul does. I think I like mm-hmm. seeing him just like be in that like oh shit moment when you turn the page, you get that splash of Deathstroke standing there, and then you know things are about to happen. Mm-hmm. When you're following Deathstroke around, as he's just doing his day-to-day stuff, it kind of lessens the character almost. Yeah. And the thing is, what I thought they did with this char- with him here is made him very similar to another one-eyed character, and that was Nick Fury. Because he goes out and meets like people that he has connections with, and he's like, oh yeah, Putin asked me to stay away. It's like, what? what? Yeah, you met with... Why would you ever meet with a world leader that is a former KGB agent? Like... Why would you ever show your face to that person? Like, you met with him personally? Like, I don't know. Like, you're supposed to be Deathstroke in the shadows. 
assassin, quiet. But now quiet. he's like meeting with, uh, you know, oh, I, I have this contact here, and she's awesome, and we sleep, we bang it out, and she gives me all this great intel about the marks that I need to hit. Like, no, you're a secret agent at this point. You're no longer an assassin. You know, it's like, that's what I got out of it. And then uh, he meets Ai Chang and gets healed and has yeah. both eyes. Yeah, and ending was a little weird. I, I don't memories that he's got blacked out, so he's also Weapon X. I don't. Yeah, know. He, yeah. It, uh, I think it was, it was a fun book. It was interesting. Like I thought, like where it was like, oh, it's going to be him taking out all these assassins who are like hired to kill him, kind of a thing. But where it went was kind of a little off the wall. The last days of Wolverine, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> But I didn't. I didn't think it was bad. The art looked really. The art was enjoyable in it. The art looked good. I like the whole thing. If no, we do it old hard copy way. You know, like photographs, handwritten notes. We don't do anything on cell phones. Totally off the grid. Yeah. yeah. But that was spy stuff. Like that is a spy kind of moment, not so much. Sassy yeah. Kind of moment. You know. I don't know. No. I, no. I agree, Paul. He's got a handler. You know. It just. Which I enjoyed, and I thought that. So kind of like okay, and he would if he's one of the great but assassins that you get. Mm-hmm. But this is better than the new Fifty Two oh, start. That was horrible. Deathstroke. That was so yeah. bad. Um, Where he was like in knight's armor and had a huge. Oh, it was like sword. giant and yeah. bulky. And then when you had the Team Seven stuff, this is the best Deathstroke that we've gotten because he's not Deathstroke in the Fifty Two. <laughs> yeah, James Bond, <laughs> a killer James Bond. Well, James Bond also killed people. Anyways, a, a mercenary James Bond. No, double would... oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, Paul. You're zingers tonight. Classic. <coughs> Classic, Paul. Classic, Classic Paul. Paul. So where, where are we going? I, I, I did like Deathstroke. I just liked Lobo a little bit more. Um, I like what Tony Daniels is able to do. Like, he does tell a good story. and He does make... Deathstroke accessible and a character that you want to follow, but that's just not the character that I want from Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. Sorry, I was taking my... Yeah. It's getting hot in this room. It's taking my shirt off. Yeah. Ooh. Just because of my zingers. Can't handle them. It's got to take his shirt off for him now. Take his shirt off. Yep. Um, before we get into the um, the next set of books, uh, the ones that Chris purchased that are all basically Gotham based, um, Paul, you want to talk about this last beer that we have? Yeah, this is uh, from Voodoo Brewing down in Pennsylvania, down in Meadville, Pennsylvania, and uh, just kind of coincidence, Mead and beer. That's fun. Uh, this is their Barrel Room Collection. This is their Buffalo Trace. Big Black Voodoo Daddy. Big Black Voodoo Daddy is their uh, Imperial Stout, right? Imperial Stout. And Buffalo Trace is the name of the whiskey they, or the bourbon, they uh, aged the stout in. Uh, This has been in the cellar for two years now? A little less than two years, because we got this in 2013, but this has been bottled since 2012. Uh, This has been bottled for two years, mm-hmm. November of 2012. Oh, okay. So it was like preconditioned. Yeah. 
But, well, they had well, it, and they weren't selling it they until weren't, March. They weren't selling it, yeah, because, because they weren't open. Well, no, the other bottles weren't ready to sell. Ah, um, because they were waiting and everything to be just right. Um, so we've had this, we've enjoyed it. We're very sorry to be drinking this without you, Chris, but we're it's okay. I understand completely. We need to get them out before they're any before they're worse than what they yeah. really should be. And this is a couple tiers down from what it was and uh i kind of have that thought of like if i known it wasn't gonna grow like better with age we should have just drank yeah. them right away or traded it for something else mm-hmm. i would have wanted to have drank it right away yeah because <laughs> it's it still right good mm-hmm. this is much more chocolatey on the back end that it's got a coffee rich chocolate kind of dark chocolate not uh, no. you know after taste you know nice the back end nice toastedness to it um, Nuttiness. It's very reminiscent of a brown ale now versus an imperial huh. stout. That's but, kind of interesting. But yeah, the, the back end, man, it's all chocolate. It's all, all chocolate. chocolate. <coughs> it's it's it's, it's, it's really, really nice. Um, a little ting of alcohol, mm-hmm. which we haven't gotten from these before. Um, even though they're like fourteen percent, yeah, still really good, but. Man, when we first had these, they they blew our minds, and I'll always remember these as probably being the best bourbon aged beers we've mm-hmm. had. Well, they were punch your mouth and the you know right in the damn jaw with their stoutness up front too. Like their stouts are big, bold stouts that were just muddy and dark and rich, and the, and then the bourbon was just right up in front too. Like, you, you say this with such a grin on your face oh, because so you good. liked it, but when you're describing it, it's so like angry it, at it. It sounds like, oh man, he didn't like it. No, <laughs> I loved it, but I hate that I don't have it anymore. I'm so angry. No, definitely, we need to keep track, and when they do another release, we yeah. we definitely need to be there because they did <laughs> bourbon beers very well. Which character this week that we read, or for this look back, that we, that actually said, sorry, not sorry? Was that Barbara Gordon, or was that Clarion the Witch Boy? Or was um, that somebody else? I think, I think that was actually Lobo. Was that Lobo? <laughs> I think it, Oh, I hate Lobo even more now! I think it was one of Barbara Gordon's roommates. No, no, it was somebody... No, I think it was Lobo. And I think that was a breaking point for me. <laughs> it was like, no... No, this is this cannot stand. This is not Lobo. <coughs> Lobo does not say shit like "sorry, not sorry." That is not right. A lot of people say "sorry, not sorry." No, that n- nobody should. That's a st- no. That's stupid. You're either sorry or you're not. Don't be yeah. sorry, not sorry. Don't be sorry that you're not sorry. Stupid. I'm looking for it now through the pages of Lobo. You guys, just, you guys, intro another book or Chris? What are you drinking on uh, anything else? Um, no, I'm just finishing up the two uh, big bottles that I opened. So I'm, I poured out the rest of the. Oh, it's Lobo. <laughs> I told you. I told you. That's going to be a freaking dramatic reading if I've ever seen one. It kind of already was. You already did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it, well, if that'll give me the intel, what do I need you for? Sorry. Not sorry, as he slice off the person's head. Um, Chris, why don't we do uh, Batgirl? Because it was a very good book, and I'm interested in talking about it to you about it. Hey, you can talk to me about it, because it was a very good book. Um, 
when like this switchover was announced coming to Batgirl um, with the new creative team coming on it because it's written by Brandon Fletcher with Cameron Stewart with art by newcomer Babs Tarr, which is awesome that they have Babs writing Barbara Gordon. Um, everyone was kind of like, wow, this is the change that Batgirl needs because it was almost the book that was getting lost in the rest of the Bat Family books, yeah. even though they made the biggest deal about it because it was Barbara Gordon coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel this is definitely more the like Young Avengers slash Hawkeye take on Batgirl than it was what we had before. Like it's very fun and like social media based. Mm-hmm. Well, what's her adventure right now? Her adventure is finding her laptop that got stolen out of a house party she had because it has all her classworks that's on it that she needs to present to a professor on Monday. But Otherwise, she might get kicked out of school. While she's looking for this, she's finding out that lots of other people are having their mobile devices or laptops or tablets taken, mm-hmm. and it's all traced back to this one guy who she goes to take her to, which you heard in our dramatic reading. Yeah, yeah, who's taking these devices and then blackmailing people uh, to, you know, uh, say, well, I'm going to release all this these picture, your wedding night pictures, Paul, unless you pay me so I can finance this club and be a DJ. I don't know. This, this villain is kind of... What? <laughs> But I think, I mean, uh, villain aside, yeah. I think the just the more the more Barbara Gordon versus Batgirl mm-hmm. kind of side of things is what really makes this book, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and is fun and is a Batgirl book that I'm willing to read the second issue of versus what we had had before. Is Barbara Gordon your favorite character out of this book? Um, yeah, because. I don't really care about Barbara Gordon, so when they're like talking like, oh, she uses her brain like a computer, and then she, you yeah, know, it, it cool shows scene. her yeah. like yeah. remembering things, and then like when she takes the dude's cell phone, it's like, hey, I just erased your phone, and now I've made it a tracking device. Like, yeah. that stuff is kind of fun because you're like, oh yeah, Barbara Gordon, like she, <laughs> she was Oracle, she would know how to do this, she's smart, she's. She would be able to put a algorithm on the phone that would be that she would be able to set up to uh, to screw things over it was a very like this is the kind of ending that i love where you think okay nope their hero's kind of lost and then boom the things that got set up earlier in the issue come back and then you know and the villain gets his come up and it's, it's a very hooverian kind of thing like like, oh, set up, set up. And no, I, I had this plan all along. You fell into my trap. You know, kind of kind of a defeat, which I love, you know, when it's pulled off right, and I thought it was pulled off right here. And then the Black Canary stuff. I love the Black, Black Canary. Canary stuff. Was Black Canary was my favorite character it, in this book. I was going to say, like, when Paul asked me that question, I was like, Black Canary. Like, yep. it made me feel bad that I wasn't, like following along with Birds of Prey, but then at the same time I was like, well, no, I didn't enjoy that. Like when we did mm-hmm. pick it up for stuff, and also you weren't probably getting that Black Canary no, yeah. in this, yeah, exactly. book, you know, <laughs> that you're now getting in this book, which is the like, I got a crash on your couch and I hate every moment of you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of like saying, and I'm kind of loving that that 
she has this, you know, person uh, kind of pushing her a little bit, you know, Barbara pushing Barbara a little bit, and that it's kind of Barbara's fault. <laughs> ultimately, what we got is a very fun Batgirl book, which took me back to a couple years ago when I was getting the Brian Q. Miller book with mm-hmm. Stephanie Brown in the role, and it's just a little bit lighter, more fun art style too, which really caught my attention, and it just pops off the page. It doesn't look like any other book that DC's putting out right now, except for one that we'll be talking about in a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked it, and after I finished this, I was like, this is one that I could probably pass off to my girlfriend, because I think she would like it. She knows who Batgirl is. Mm-hmm. She can piece together everything else, because it's a very accessible book, and it's a lot of fun, and she's kind of getting more into like superhero stuff with Arrow and Flash now. Like she's really enjoying those shows, so I think this is a good stepping stone into the actual comics. the The only negative I had is I'm like, oh, they like they're throwing all these characters at it, and it's all like, no, no, this is the modern, you know, cool hip scene. So nobody's just bi or or straight. They're kind of like all omnisexual. It's like. Really? They all are? They, everybody is in this book. All right. When you go to the big city, Paul. Yep, I guess so. And they're all, on, they're all on hook. H-O-O-Q. Hook. It's just basically like a Tinder. Yeah, it's Tinder. Yeah, I know. But it's like, okay, all right. Like no, This it's... book is very much of the time, and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. this will last you know, throughout the ages as a... You know, when DC puts out, like, the best of Batgirl trade in, like, 50 years. I don't think but it's But not every comic book needs to be that, because comic books, especially I, I now know. that they're digi- mostly digital, and what do you do? You delete it off your phone. You delete it off your tablet after reading it. They're even more uh, disposable now than they were when they were paper, you know? Yeah. And even when they were paper, they were most of them are disposable. You know? Yeah, but we feel bad about throwing them in the recycling bin. Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, there's a couple series like I keep all of my saga books yeah. on my tablet, and there will be, and there should be those, but it's a medium that is designed to be disposable. So why not yeah. tell those stories that are of the moment? Oh, exactly. No, I agree with you completely. Okay. Okay, for a second there, I'm like... No, no, I was just going to say, but there are those things oh, yeah, that yeah. people do, mm-hmm. they hold on to. I mean, Chris with, like, Fables, like... Yeah. yeah. Sandman, like, those are those things that, like, There's... Fables, you would buy in print and then buy the trades as well, and when you got the trade, you'd reread what you've already read. Oh, yeah, because I, I wanted to find out what happened next as soon as I could, so I would keep up monthly, and then it was a story that I loved so much that I would continuously go back to it. I still do, like... Those are books that, like, I can just pick up one of the trades because it's like, oh, I want to reread this one. And as soon as I do, I have to read everything that follows it again. Like, it just draws you back in. No. I'm hoping to get that out of this next series that we're talking about. Uh, this is Gotham Academy number one. And, Chris, who who did the uh, writing in? Paul, it's your favorite person. That's Becky Cluden. Well, she's helped. She's co-writing with, with uh, Brendan Fletcher, Fletcher and uh, art done by Carl Kershaw, who's one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, this book really pops. As much as I love the artwork in Batgirl 35, this, this is so like moody and rounded. And like you kind of said at the start of the show, like 
it has a great animated movie look to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the art in this is fantastic. Uh, like it, definitely digitally colored because those oh, yeah. uh, plaid is like that, those plaid skirts are definitely all digitally done. Like they're just copied and pasted. No. Like, oh, uh, but if if this had came out as part of like the Disney Kingdom lines from over at Marvel as like some Disney tie-in, like I yeah. would have believed it because. Mm-hmm. It has such a different look for it. And I'm glad that DC is kind of getting into this realm now instead of having just Everything you know, a universal to, style. Yeah. Fit like into this 90s a, kind of style. Yeah. yeah. I think they're taking a page, you know, not to make a pun, out of Marvel's books where they realize now, like, you can have books that look a little bit different because those are going to be the books that people gravitate toward. Oh, but I don't know. Out. How are we going to get it to sell? Put the bat symbol on it. <laughs> All right. You convinced me. Way to go, team. <laughs> well, there, there's been books about, you know, just like regular life in Gotham mm-hmm. before. And they're always an interesting story because it's like, you know, how does, you know, the regular person deal with the day-to-day life with supervillains and person dressed up as a bat, like swinging through the rooftops. So it's kind of cool to see... It done from like that prep school standpoint now, where it's actual kids. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like the police department. Yeah, this um, is. It's not like no name Montoya's parents owning their like bodega on the street corner. Like you're seeing kids mm-hmm. living in this world, and they have all their own crap and drama. And that's what this book's about. Like this is the like the Hogwarts of Gotham. Like, it's a yeah, there's a school bigger story there, but you're watching the characters more than anything else. Yeah, and it's, I mean, you know, they see the bat symbol, you know, like, different things like that, which is interesting and kind of fun to see them, like, look at it and either be in awe or over it, you know? Yeah. Uh, this, the story follows uh, the main character, Olive Silver... Silverlock. Silverlock, not Silvermane. Uh, well, she, it, she also she has, has silver hair. hair, so silver yeah. lock makes sense. Mm-hmm. Silver lock, uh, as she is now going to have to uh, be the basically tutor or big mm-hmm. sister, big sister mentor kind of mentor of uh, a, a first year student who comes to school who she calls her ex boyfriend's little sister. Yes, and that's a little awkward. And something happened to her over the summer, which probably involved the Batman from how we can how she like is disgusted by the bat symbol. And how Bruce Wayne goes Olive? Yep. When he sees her. Yeah. Yeah. So and she's there under you know, this is her second year at the school and she is there because of a Bruce Wayne Foundation scholarship. So um there's definitely a reason why she's at the school and the reason is probably Bruce Wayne. Uh, as we can tell as the story progresses. And uh, there might be a haunting. There might be a haunting, and the there's school. definitely something creeping in the shadows and behind the cracks in the walls. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a crack Literally. in the wall that's scary. <laughs> um, scary crack in the wall. Definitely a fun book. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yes, Disney-style adventure following the kids. Fun. It knows what it is supposed to be and it does it um definitely interested in checking out issue two i don't think i would buy it but if 
it was a well, light week. You don't have to worry because yeah. I I will. But what I was going to say, if it was a light week and I didn't see anything there and I saw this, I probably would buy it. So I am glad that you were picking this up. I, I definitely see this as a great foundation, and I don't know what the story is going to be, but it you don't feels know like, you don't know what's going to be. But it feels like it's going to be huge. It could it could rock it out into a really big story, and it wouldn't feel weird or out of place coming from this start, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's some stories where you're like, oh, it's going to be surrounded by this, and this is the limitations. That's, you know, uh, Gotham Academy seems like it won't have limitations. Yeah. It could go It could go anywhere. I, I'm really interested in seeing where this goes because I'm okay with it being on the cusp of, you know, the Bat Family books. Like, they do enough in this to kind of introduce me and get me interested in the characters that I don't need Man Bat, you know, flying through the school in every other yeah. issue to introduce me or, like, want me to come back, I guess. No, I'd actually, I'd actually hope that we don't see Batman or Bruce Wayne for a while and, sure. it, and it be its own story so uh, I guess another tale about a house that's become decrepit and needs to be looked after is Arkham Manor yeah Arkham Manor number one uh, this is written by Jerry Duggan with art by um, Sean Crystal um, this is spinning out of Batman Eternal where Arkham Asylum has been destroyed so Gar- uh, Gotham has to figure out, hey, where are we going to put all these crazy people? And they decide, hey, why not move them up into the old Wayne Manor? Mm. Which, okay, By so whatever. Like, domain. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand like the whole mentality of like why they decide like, no, we'll just put them up there. In in uh, Arca- in Batman Eternal, did they explain like? Bruce Wayne lost all his money also? Like, that happened? Because they say that in the this book, that, oh, that that uh, lousy kid of theirs, the, the Waynes, <coughs> the no-good son of the Waynes, lost all the money. And that house is empty now. Well, he's, um, he has, like, a apartment. Mm-hmm. They say, you know, I, I honestly don't remember him losing all of his money or anything. Yeah. No. John? I- I don't remember. There's a panel right there here, like right on it, like where it says like he loses all his, you know, he lost, he squandered all that money or something like that. I was wondering if you guys. I think it's just saying like he squanders his money. Oh. You know, not that he's lost all his money, because he got those big boxes of dynamite to take care of the houses if he wanted. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, This is probably one of my favorite reads of the DC books. Wow. Um. I really enjoyed it, and Sean Crystal's art in this just fits the tone of the book so perfectly. Um, and I love, see, I loved, I used to love those things when, even like in the animated series, when um, Bruce Wayne would like put the powdered wig on and then become like Matches Malone and be in disguise. So when I saw that at the end of this book, I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be fun. This is. Basically, they've taken Wayne Manor, they've made it the new Arkham, and because of murders going on in there, Batman is now dressed up and has put himself into the asylum 
And uh, I think what more fun could you have with this book? It just seems like it's going to be really fun. The art is dark. It's, you know, sketchy. It fits the tone of the book. And uh, I, I really like it. I mean, the art really reminds me a lot of uh, Sean Murphy's art. Um, yeah, I can see that. And uh, I really dig it. I think out of this... I'm sorry, I'm showing you the panel where it right. says the, that idiot son lost his family fortune. I I'm, I would think that would have been bigger news, you know? Yeah. I. It's like... And there's no editor note there or anything, so I'm just kind of confused by it. Yeah. I was wondering. I was hoping you guys had clarification on that. No. Nope. Okay. Sorry. Not that I... I mean, that's not what's going on in Batman right now. I don't remember that happening in Eternal, mm-hmm. unless yeah. it's something that maybe has happened but not happened. Mm-hmm. Something with uh, Hush. Oh, maybe. Who You know, who knows? But at the same point, like in Batman, in Batman, um, the last issue, he spent like a billion dollars on this bat suit to take out the Justice League. So I don't know. I don't see that he lost his fortune. But I like this book. Well, I'm okay. definitely picking up issue two. I just this is probably the book that I might have enjoyed almost the least. I just I wanted more from it. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I probably wouldn't have picked it up if we didn't do the show. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's an interesting idea. I don't need a whole book about uh, Bruce Wayne going undercover, infiltrating, you know, Arkham Asylum or Wayne Manor, whatever you want to call it now. Like, that could just be, like, a quick arc. Like, I don't see this book lasting. Mm-hmm. Like, I would be surprised if it goes on more than, like, two story arcs. That's that's exactly what I was like, I think kind of putting you know setting my argument framing around with how I felt with the last book, uh, Arkham Academy or not Arkham Academy but Gotham Academy where I that could go anywhere. This definitely seems like a very insular, very small story, and I think it would be more interesting if you know Batman treated Arkham Manor more like. Uh, clue with all the hidden passages that only he knows and which, snuck in and which you might he might be getting but does he really need to go under he knows cover? every inch of this place right and like 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 i said like i used to like that like mm-hmm. when he would do that in animated series or when he would do it in the comics like that stuff always was kind of fun but i see i see bruce wayne here as the start to get you to read it but it might be about other things. You know, mm-hmm. Arco Manor might might be about, you know, the Riddler next issue and his dealings in the manor or, mm-hmm. or anything. I mean, they could go anywhere after Batman in there. If it's just about <coughs> Batman being in Arco Manor, yeah, that's going to get played out really fast. But after this story arc, if it's a new story about, mm-hmm. you know, Arco Manor, yeah, it'd be interesting to keep on that. So this is something you would continue to pick up and read? I would definitely buy issue two. Okay. I probably liked it probably the most out of all of them. Wow. More than more than Batgirl, like the fun. 
Mm-hmm. See, I like breath the f- of fresh air. I, it, it is a breath of fresh air, especially for that character. But it's not anything that new that I've been reading. It's new for that character. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's not a new and different idea to do with the character. Uh, is that all the books? Um, no, we have the God Hand. Uh, yeah, you want to do Godhead? Yeah, Godhead. Oh, that's that it. So yeah. new gods versus Green Lanterns. Go. Yeah. Um. This is uh the new kind of event going through the Green Lantern books right now. This is uh, written by Van Jensen and Justin Jordan. And then there's like a bunch of artists on this book. Every artist is doing like a couple of different pages. Um, from Chris Cross, Joe Prado, Ethan Van Skyver, and Pete Woods, Martin Cocolo, and Goran Suzuka. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of like you said. This is the New Gods versus the Green Lanterns. Throughout their history, the New Gods have been looking for the life equation, and they believe they've finally found it with the breaching of the Source Wall from uh, back during the Lights Out event, where Cal Rayner, who's now the White Lantern, was able to pass through the Source Wall, which is supposed to be impossible, to reignite the lights of the emotional spectrum, because they were drawing on all the energy, and once that happens, the tank runs dry, boom, that universe ends. Um, he was able to reverse that from happening, and that definitely made uh, the different Lantern Corps a blip on the New Gods' radar. So what you have is the All-Father sending out the different New Gods to get him all the different rings so he can have this power. And that's basically what this issue is, and then the subsequent issues of all the different Green Lantern books, like Green Lantern... Green Lantern Corps, Green Lantern New Guardians, Red Lanterns, and Sinestro are all now telling the different sides of the story with those cores facing their new god uh, adversaries and what happens once, you know, they don't have their rings or shit hits the fan. Like when I'm like, oh, Mogo lost his ring. Oh, that seems interesting. What's going to happen? No, we're not getting into that here. Oh, Okay. Yeah, oh, but because it, it, th- it, that's that's the like kicking the door open, and now if you want to find out what happened, yeah, 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 yeah you, you got to read the other one. Like I, that's, I, I did not expect to have like the rest of the book focusing on yeah, Mogo on right. Mogo when the rest of the book is all about the new gods. <laughs> like that that didn't factor into my thinking of when I was reading this. I'm like, oh, okay. I well, I was seeing. I'm just saying, okay. I understand where the doors open for the more story. I'm like, okay, I'm interested in that one. I don't think I want to wait through seven or eight issues. And I don't think you have to. I I think it's those ones are going to be insular to to their own stories. Okay. Um, They definitely are a little bit more tied in. Like, this is what we had, not with uh, Sinestro Corps. This is more Blackest Night, where if you want to get, like, the full story, it's running through, like, Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps. Um it is very much like a each book is like a different part of each act. So, so if you want to find out what's happening to the Green Lantern Corps, you pick up Green Lantern 35, and then you follow along through Green Lantern Corps 35 and so on. Because um, each issue has a little bit more of that story. Oh, so and I can't get all of the Mogo to, and Hail stuff just in the Green Lantern. I also got to read Sinestro to get the Green Lantern, the uh, Mogo and Hail story? Well... You, you, you figure no. out Mogo's story pretty quick, yeah, but then you're following the Green Lantern Corps kind of on the run 
since they no longer have their uh, home base. So there, there's enough story in each one to kind of make it worth that purchase. Like each book is worth buying to figure out what what's happening, but they are still telling that book's character's story. Um, so if you pick up Red Lanterns, it's not just going to be the continuation of the Green Lantern story. You're going to get a guy in the Red Lantern Corps dealing with what's happening right now as well. And then, you know, hell might show up kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, I thought, but we're not talking about no, all that. No, no, we're not talking about the all that. We are talking in much the same way that the Allfather talks in, in a very uh, roundabout a uh, lot of word balloons way to about this book. God, he's heck. a wordy guy. Yeah, yeah. He's the all father. Yeah, it, it took some reading this book, and I just it seemed extra long too. Yeah. It's like thirty eight pages. And, and, yeah, it was it was definitely a bigger book. And I'm but hoping, this is like the kickoff to mm-hmm. the Green Lantern event that's going through five, you know, monthly titles right now. It just, yeah, it was, I don't know, I, I just didn't really have a dog in this fight. I uh, haven't been keeping up with Green Lantern or any of the books since we read the first couple for uh, when the New 52 started, but I've enjoyed this. Uh, it would make me definitely read the rest of what's going on in this. I am a Green Lantern fan. When this show started... We all just talked about Green Lantern all the time. I'm a Green Lantern fan, and this is getting me probably back into Green Lantern. Really? Yeah. I think I've, I've been away long enough that I can jump back in and get back into Green Lantern. Because I've probably been away for about four years. If it's been three years for the new 52, mm-hmm. probably almost a year out from that. That's kind of when I stopped reading. Yeah, I kind of made, uh, like, well, when all these different colored lanterns stop mattering so much, maybe I'll get back into Green Lanterns. Because I miss the whole cop. It was supposed to be the buddy cop drama between Kyle and Guy, you know? Like, they're going... Books evolve, Paul. I know. Things change. Characters change. I know. and I just didn't... Well, they are telling a story that I wasn't interested in anymore. So I'm like, no, if I'm done. No, you know, like what the the falling out I had was Chris and I started ordering books together mm-hmm. and I would just forget to grab his Green Lantern, so I'd get a couple behind <laughs> and then I'd be like, eh, I don't want to bother this guy to dig through his piles to get me more Green Lanterns. I'll just I'm fine with just letting it go. Mm-hmm. I've had a great run with Green Lantern. I loved all the color spectrum stuff. That's um cool. Oh, it was so good. I enjoyed it so much. Yeah. Um, so I was I was fine with letting it go. I had had a lot of Green Lantern and a lot of Green Lantern craze, but now I'm I'm feeling that feeling that itch. I'm feeling that Green Lantern itch, and uh, this might be the thing that pops me back into Green Lantern. Hmm. Which is nice that I can just go back and re reread all the digital books that Chris has gotten over the last year. There you go. No, it's it's definitely a interesting story and. Like, kind of for you, John, where this might be your entry door back into the 
Green Lantern world again. This may actually get me back into reading those Green Lantern books that I don't pick up monthly now. Um, I stopped reading New Guardians and Green Lantern Corps and Red Lanterns a while ago, just following Green Lantern solo until like they had these crossover events, in which case I would pick up each book just to continue off the story and, you know, dip my toes back into the books that I hadn't been reading for like the past couple months. And I found out like reading all these books again, it gives me something to look forward to. It gives me, I still get that itch to read them when I see that there's a new one available. Uh, it's just tapping me back into that like collector's aspect where it's like, no, I, I like uh, Kyle Rayner. I want to see what's going on with Kyle. Yeah. Like, and, and not reading this, and this is something you proposed. It wasn't anything you were like forcing us to read, but we read it because we knew that you were really mm-hmm. going. You were really into this. That we, you know, we read it. So there was a little bit of stuff like we didn't know that everyone thought that Kyle was dead. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like we we were a little taken unaware. I, by I that. was thinking that Kyle was dead when they showed the headstone, and I'm like, oh, well, yeah. Well, and then they're talking, and then they talk about how they lost him, like mm-hmm. the page right before that. Yeah, Hal says like, "Oh, we lost one of the greatest things." You know, so that's exactly what he said. That was another traumatic reading from Godhead. <laughs> I really hope you pick that for me next week. Um, I'm picking the sorry, not sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not like sorry. Two bonus traumatic readings. <laughs> so much traumatic reading going on right now. Um. Uh, I don't even know what I was going with that, but that's okay. Like Kyle's kind of like the linchpin of this whole story because nobody knows that he's alive because they they can't know that he's alive because what he did was impossible. Like mm-hmm. nobody knows Didn't what's he, beyond the sword. Is, is New Guardians over with? Oh no, it's still going on. Okay. Didn't they cross the source wall? What's the bleed? I'm sorry. With, with countdown, weren't they in the bleed? And isn't the bleed outside of the source wall? The source was like the edge of their universe, right? Um, and honestly, like even with Kyle crossing through, like you don't know what's beyond the source wall. Like that's never no. I'm, I'm trying to think back of what's the bleed then? Remember that with uh, yeah countdown, like and they the, were the bleed is basically like the space between like the different universes. The, yeah, the okay. different multi universes. So, so that's not outside the source wall. It could be like oh because within that. Gal- like within that universe, that universe, that is their wall. Okay. So you bleed into another universe. They might not have that wall. They might not have new gods. Mm-hmm. And if they do have new gods, those new gods might be more so like Zeus and right. those kind of gods. So I'm just saying that this isn't unusual for Kyle. He's been in this kind of situation before. Maybe. Yeah, he's a superhero. She, you know, the yeah, shit. Kyle's been through a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shouldn't phase him. Anyways, he's in his costume and he's chasing his ring. Like that's weird. <laughs> weird panel guy. But he is the uh, the White Lantern, though. Like it's kind of more who he is than anything else. So uh, that that the last page where they show Kyle and he's like chasing his ring is that like Harry Potter's dad when he has the snitch and he lets it go and then catches it when he's sitting with Sirius. He's just letting his ring, taking his ring off his finger, letting it fly and then catch it. Oh, kind of like how I take off my wedding ring and uh, spin like a like a quarter every once in a while. Yeah, but that's just because you get really bored with everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "Why does nobody want to look at my wedding pictures?" 
Uh, because you dangle them, then you take them away. <laughs> That's I don't know, I'm, I'm I'm enjoying the crossover. Like it's not a complete knockout like we've had from other Green Lantern events, um, but there's still enough there to keep me going back and saying like, yeah, you know what? I want to buy this random issue of Sinestro, a book that I've never purchased. You know, to keep reading the story. And they just keep doing these big Green Lantern events. Mm-hmm. Like every year, they have something now. Like, yeah, it might only like last for a month or two, but the books are so tied together that it's like, hey, why not? Like, yeah, they, they and they they seem to do a really good job with them, tying them in together. I, I think and it's kind of like what you have over in the Bat family of books, where everyone's working so close together that they're able to tell a cohesive story between the books. That's just good editors. Exactly. Like it's it's all from the editorial side because they are working together so much that you're reading one book and then the next one you pick up, you're not like, wait, what happened? Like that's completely wrong. Yeah, and I mean it's not like when this started and it was just Johns and uh Peter Tomasi and those yeah. guys could just like <laughs> give each other phone mail like, eh, we're gonna do this. Okay. I can tie that in. Like well, that's, it was only easy. two books then. Yeah, no, it was Green Lantern so, and Green Lantern Corps. So that that was a lot easier between now and all of these books. But there's a couple. The same writer is on a couple of these books, isn't he? Um, don't quote me on that, but I know. Um, oh, I just remember that changeover. I thought the ca- gosh, the guy like, reading writing Green Lantern was also writing like Red Lantern. Yeah, he was on like two and then he left because Charles Soleil was writing one of them for a while but mm-hmm. then he left because now he's going to be a Marvel exclusive actually too yeah um, which I mean it makes sense he's been doing so much Marvel work <laughs> and he's also a lawyer by day <laughs> by day <laughs> he might so. not be doing so much law well also uh, he's, I hear he actually he's writing the comic books is the lawyer and also runs a uh, bowling alley oh that kind of makes sense. Uh, so, didn't make our weekend geek, but uh, they announced that uh, with issue twelve, She-Hulk is ending. Oh, that doesn't affect me. <laughs> it's been a good book. <laughs> it's been good. I don't see. I don't expect like a book like that. I don't expect to last. I'm surprised Hawkeye like just kept kept going mm-hmm. like. I mean, it's had its Hawkeye's problems great, towards That's the thing. end, but yeah, it's been. Nothing, and I'm not saying like She-Hulk wasn't great or anything, mm-hmm. but you I are. think Hawkeye's the book that kind of like surprised everyone and came <laughs> out and was like, "Wow!" Like, oh yeah, who would have thought like the story of this guy fighting against the Russian mafia that's trying to buy his apartment building could be so good, right? And especially an issue that's just about the dog, his dog walking around the Pizza building. Dog. Yep, you know, it's it did it right, and I'm not saying that ha- uh, She-Hulk didn't. Mm-hmm. But, like, it captured what you want out of a book where it didn't grab the same thing for me. And Wonder Woman number 35 came out, and that's the end of that. That's the end of that. <laughs> that is an epic run, though. That is going to... When we were talking about, oh, books that won't hold up, I think this Wonder Woman issue I think, one through 35 plus a zero plus a couple of annuals dropped those I think so, because it's evil not... Giants. It's well, Wonder it's Woman is not. I mean, name another great Wonder Woman run. Uh, the relaunch after Crisis. Name another one. Uh, the Rucka <laughs> Rucka run. It was a really name good an, one. The Rucka run was pretty good. Name yeah. another one. Okay. Uh, 
Okay, that's three. That's three. Out of how long? I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it's a completely different telling of the book. Please? And um, Lexi and I went to Barnes & Noble a couple nights mm-hmm. ago, and I always stop and look at the trade paperbacks, the graphic novels Marvel to see what's thing, out. Yeah. And she was looking through one of the Wonder Woman ones, and she was like, I think I would want to read this. The George so Perez like, run. That's That George Perez did the after 52, right? After uh, Crisis, right? That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. I'm looking over to my shelf like I own any, and I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think it's oh, a different enough Wonder Woman run that it will stand out. Mm-hmm. I, oh I yeah, yeah. Lexi so. will. I think if you like any kind of myth, uh, Greek mythology, or yeah, well, Greek mythology, you really enjoy this run. And even and what, if you don't, it's a great like a dip your toe into the water, that kind of stuff. And what really did it for her was the uh, it's the one cover where Wonder Woman's on top of Poseidon and she has like the trident. Mm-hmm. Like that was the panel like that she stopped on. Was like, yeah, I think I would want to read this. Yep, you should. Yeah, it's great. Why? Why isn't your girlfriend doing that? Because I haven't downloaded them yet. Maybe <laughs> you can just log in and download. I know most I of haven't them. downloaded them yet. And if you need the paper copies, I think John has those. I have those. I need to read those. They're gr- you should. You know I've, why? I've been very busy, I and know. I have not had a chance to. S- I, I I completely understand. I you don't need to defend that. I to keep me. buying books, and like I my books I bought on Wednesday, I read one of them. You are steam sailing. No, here. no, no, that's not true. Because I bought all those those dark horse books, and I read four of the five of those mm-hmm. in one night. We've had very busy uh, weeks, and next week's going to be another one because we're going to be bringing you the second part of our October look back. We'll be talking about Axis number one, Bucky Barnes number one, Thor number one, Goner's number one, and Witches number one. Anything else? Uh, I haven't had a chance to read that Rasputin, so I don't know if it's <laughs> worth talking about. But I bought maybe, it. Maybe Paul Rasputin. bought it. We'll <laughs> yeah, that, I bought that. You. You did, we knew you were. <laughs> yeah, I love that book. <laughs> what the Internet Arcade puts nine hundred of the classic arcade games onto the on your web browser right now. What? What is this? Oh man, I can play Internet. Keyboard? Oh, Paul, <laughs> hand me hand me your glass. I can't. I'm doing computer stuff. You're you're, you're playing with your computer app, your phone app. Yeah. It's important. It's important. I'm looking this up. Uh, any new rates and reviews, Paul? Totally forgot to check. Oh, we forgot me, to check. Uh, Let me check we'll, right... We'll, we'll wrap up and you can look into that. Okay. So, you know what? If you like the way any of those books sounded, make sure you check them out. And if you've read any of those ones that we will be talking about, hey, let us know. You can email us over at contact at bangboardcast.com. And if you read a new number one or a new story arc and you want us to talk about it, let us know before Sunday so we can read it and uh, review it on the show. Yeah, you can comment on the uh, Facebook post for this episode, or hey, you know what? Email us or tweet at us. That all works too. Hey guys, did you know Taylor Swift's new album came out? Oh. <laughs> Is that the year she was born in? Yes, yeah. 1989. She's, she's almost 25. She's like a year younger than my girlfriend. Why do you say it's so creepy? Like because I'm a creep. <laughs> well, so no, we did not Make sure you a... tune in next week for more creep talk. <laughs> <laughs> no new ratings and reviews, by the way. Well, hey, it was a good run <laughs> of a week. <laughs> uh, you know, we're September, October. Uh, we're, 
we're right now we're almost doing one a month. Hey, that's not past, bad. Uh, four months, so that's pretty good. Yeah, we need one for November. That's all I'm saying. Come on, November. You might be new, but you know, don't don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I I had something, and then John just let out this really bad, sad trombone of a fart. <laughs> it was really long. <laughs> and that's when, when we start talking about farts, that's when you end the episode. We should not be doing that. That is horrible. So, good night, everybody. Excuse me.